School District, you're listening to the Community 360 Podcast. I'm Mona White, and I'm here with Kathleen O'Connell, and we have been talking about 13 Things Mentally Strong Parents Don't Do by Amy Morin. And Kathleen, what's our topic this week? This week, we are talking about Chapter 9, which is my favorite chapter in this entire book because it's so foundational to what we can provide our kids in their development. And this chapter is titled, They Don't Feel Responsible for Their Child's Emotions. So tons of good information that we're going to run through here so that you have it. And I know, Mona, we were talking about this chapter earlier, and you really loved this chapter as well. I loved this chapter as well. (laughs) I thought it was so great. I wish this book would have been around back when my kids were younger, because this has just been such a great book to, to, to discuss. Absolutely. And I love that all of the advice in here, it's all free, right? We don't have to, it doesn't cost anything to help support our kids in these ways. And the reason why, as I said before, I love this chapter so much is it because it's foundational. And a lot of what she talks about in here is what we do as counselors with kids in our counseling practice. And it revolves so much around helping them feel comfortable experiencing the uncomfortable which is a hard thing for humans to do in general. But she gives us awesome advice and information about how to teach kids about their emotions and what we can do as the adults in their life to help support their emotional development and help support how they navigate those hard emotions. So she talks about a story in here about a child who came into counseling and really was rescued by her parents whenever she was having a day that felt off or that was hard. They would pick her up from school and take her out to ice cream. And that sounds great, I'm sure, as a kid. But what she points out is that can cause some barriers for her own development. And I know that this is something that we've worked with before Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as well. What were your takeaways from this story and what some of her recommendations for the parents were? I think the part that my biggest takeaway was is sometimes as parents, we have a really hard time seeing our children feeling sad, having a hard day, and we want to help them and unfortunately, what that rescuing does it, in the author, she says, it stunted this child's emotional development. And I think that's the, the, the hard part is, you know, sometimes our kindness as a parent isn't really kind because our kids have to learn how to calm themselves and manage their own emotions. And we, we sort of can take that away from them. Absolutely. What we want to be teaching our kids is the skills that they're going to take with them into adulthood. So if these parents aren't planning on picking up their kid from work later on when she's having a bad day and taking her to ice cream, we might want to change our tactics a little bit. And this is really spot on. They're disallowing the opportunity for this child to learn I'm uncomfortable right now, 
but it's okay, and this discomfort will end, and here's how I'm going to get myself through it, right? What we call in counseling, coping skills. So this is one of her first big lessons, is we need to teach our kids age-appropriate coping skills. Now, I'm imagining the thought bubbles in parents' minds who might be listening to this podcast and some of the coping skills maybe they use for themselves or that they see their kids using. What is one of your favorite coping skills to teach um, littles, let's say elementary school age kids? Um, Well, it's funny because I have a little granddaughter and what I notice is when she gets upset, she goes and gets a little stuffed animal mm. and she'll kind of like rub it on her face. She has a giraffe, its tail is her favorite thing. And I think, you know, with young, with little, little kids, they do slowly figure out what helps calm them down. Now, of course, you wouldn't want a 12 year old walking around with a stuffed animal rubbing it on their face. And that's where we help kids with their thoughts and how to kind of work through I'm feeling really sad right now and we as parents can say you're sad right now and you know I can see that and and then give them a a hug but not try to totally fix it so um, helping kids identify their feelings is really important absolutely and I love what she says in this book she says we're trying to teach adults how to shift from the role of a rescuer to a coach Right? So you think about that. You think if you, had, if you were a coach of a team and you had an athlete in the game and they were getting stressed out, right? Well, we want to teach them how to be able to go through that stress and channel it into a different type of, of energy or momentum. And that's really what we want to do with our kids as well. Not take them out of the situation that's making them uncomfortable because we can't always shut off their fear or their sadness or their anger for them. We have to figure out how to get through it. So let's coach our kids. And what you said, Mona, is something we also do in counseling often, which was, I see, right? Mm -hmm. I see how hard this is. Mm -hmm. Or I know that this would make me really sad too. Mm -hmm. Validating their emotion and then letting them know that there are ways to get through it and that big emotions are not something to be scared of. They're Mm -hmm. something to be ready for. Right. And we're all going to have them. Right. Because parents want, don't be sad, whatever, whatever. And that's just is not helpful because we all go through experiences that are sad. And then how do we um, calm ourselves and soothe ourselves in a positive way? Yeah. It reminds me, what you just said reminds me of what um, I think a lot of people say that's very well-intentioned, which is don't cry, don't cry. But it's okay, right, to cry. Like, I know it's hard, Mm -hmm. right? It's okay to express yourself, letting them go through it. Um, And the wonderful thing about this is all of this information about teaching our kids coping skills is research-based. And in the book, they say researchers at Penn State studied what happened to kids who learned pro-social skills and emotional competence at a young age versus those who didn't. They spent 20 years tracking these kids, okay? And they were more likely to finish college they were twice as likely to obtain college degrees and to have a full-time job by the age of 25. So it's incredible just what the social skills and the emotional development of our kids at a young age, the impact and the benefit that that can have as they move through their lives. Mm -hmm. 
That's what I like about this book too. And by the way, you can get it on the Community 360 website for free digital copy. Is this author just also references other research and, and information, which I think is so, so incredibly helpful. And, um, and I think that, you know, in that same with the research, we do have to look at, we are spending a lot of time and money on sports and all kinds of other things, but we have to be equally preparing our kids to have emotional and social skills because in order to be able to go away to college and, and function, um, you have to have, you know, have this in place. So it's, it's, it's important. Absolutely. And the wonderful thing about this is these are all skills we can learn if we don't have them ourselves and that we can help teach our kids. And just like a coach doesn't come in once a year and run a practice through this whole season, they're there, they're coaching you, they're following up, they're consistent. And that's what she really encourages us to be as adults in the process of developing our child's understanding of their emotions. It needs consistency and it needs modeling. And one of the, the things that we do at the counseling center often are use um, graphic images with tons of feeling words on them. Mm -hmm. Because the more feeling words we have and that we know, the better we can express and articulate what we're going through emotionally. We call it in counseling, name it to tame it. So I want you to think about this. When you are an adult, with a child, it's okay to label your own emotions, right? We're sitting in traffic right now and I'm feeling really anxious because I'm afraid we might be late for our appointment. And my heart's beating a little fast, so I'm gonna take some deep breaths to help calm myself down, right? And then take those deep breaths, right? Your kids are watching what you do and maybe the next time they're feeling something, they might from that language, right? I'm feeling this way. I can feel it in my body and it feels like this. Here's what I'm gonna do about it. So continuing to model that and to talk about it, right? Yeah, I, I think the author talks a little bit about sort of like college students not being able to manage how they feel about a situation and trying to control other people. And I like what the author said, um, kids need to know they are 100% responsible for their emotions and that they can handle bad feelings. So that's a direct quote, but we really do wanna empower our kids to know that they can, they, they don't have to like some things that happen and some things are very painful, but no matter what, they can cope with it. And if they need more support, they can always ask for more support. Um, so the, the. I think that, that that piece of if we don't teach our kids how to not control their emotions but process and go move through their emotions, they're going to, to try to control other things that make them uncomfortable because they can't handle sitting in discomfort, right? So just because there are you know 15 sound machines in our counseling office and sometimes it, it rattles my brain a little bit, does that mean I'm gonna go turn every sound machine off? No, it means that I need to figure out a different way to adjust myself, maybe put in my headphones or do something to help myself calm down and feel regrounded instead of going and disrupting everybody else by turning all these machines off, right? So it really is important to, to teach them how to be 
in touch with themselves, it's going to be better for their relationships, not only relationships to others, but their relationship to themselves, uh -huh. right? And to hard things. She says, you might have the most incredible athlete as a child, but if they don't know how to deal with rejection, they might not ever want to try out for that team uh -huh. that's hard to get onto, right? So by developing their ability to process emotions, we're also developing their perseverance, their resilience, right? Things that we want them to have so that they can have and, and move towards as many opportunities um, that are presented to them throughout their lives. And, and she does talk about um, to, how to teach your child to, like, like you said, uh, name it to tame it. Mm. That in our everyday conversation, it, we know starting with when our kids are young, we can talk about um, emotions, feelings, and give our kids that vocabulary so that they can help identify what's going on. Because what what we see sometimes is that kid, everything is I'm angry, but they're not just angry. They're frustrated. They're lonely. They're disappointed. There's lots of other emotions, um, and and some kids can only identify it as anger. So when we help them see, like, well, actually, if frustration comes before anger, mm -hmm. typically. And so when you see that, like, oh, I done, I'm frustrated right now. Maybe I need to go get a drink of water and then come back to it. We help our kids learn how to better cope Absolutely. and manage. Right. We, we allow them to understand what's going on, maybe beneath the surface that we can only see from the outside. Another thing that she says in here, which I think is beautiful, is correct the behavior, not the emotion. So let's say you have two kids, two boys, and they're going at it with each other. Um, and they are getting frustrated with each other and they start to get angry because maybe somebody knocked over somebody's Lego building that they worked really hard on. And that child who's angry calls their brother a name, right? As adults, we have to be very mindful of if they say, you know, well, I did it because I got mad at them. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be angry. We all get angry at times. What's not okay is calling your brother names, right? Validating the emotion, letting them have that emotion, but redirecting the behavior and making sure that we're being really intentional, intentional about not tying those uh -huh. together, which I uh -huh. think is incredibly important as we help shape the behavior of our kids uh -huh. as they develop. What did you think of her three simple rules? Yes, so here are the three <laughs> simple rules. Respect other people's physical space and their belongings, right, which we're doing more of now with uh, COVID. Use kind words when you speak to other people, right, and use an indoor voice. Super easy rules that can help kids regulate their emotions. And if we have these conversations about what behavior is expected and appropriate prior, right, mm -hmm. to kind of going about our lives, that also helps kids because they know the boundaries of what's appropriate. Mm -hmm. And then they are not blindsided if they step outside of that boundary and get a consequence for it, right? Mm -hmm. But I like that idea. Those were her simple rules, but any, any family can kind of get together and decide what simple rules would work in their family but I think it's always great to 
discuss that and make it known so that everyone oh I didn't know you know like mm -hmm. what are the what are the rules in our house and and kids want to know what the rules are they yeah. really do and rules are, are important for kids not only for structure and a feeling of safety but they also speak to the values of your family which is a really cool way to, to begin a foundation of here are the values that we have as a family and as humans in this world and here's how we hope to operate Right. Mm -hmm. Another part of this that I, I love and I always encourage families to do this is she calls it helping your child identify mood boosters. Right. Again, these are kind of like coping skills in a way, but just like we say that not the same coping skills not going to work for everybody. Right. Deep breathing might work for you. It might not be what I need in that moment. You can help model these mood boosters and also open up conversations with your kids about it. You know, like when you feel frustrated, what helps you feel better? What helps you calm down? Just bringing that question out helps them gain awareness about their emotional process. Mm -hmm. And if they don't have an answer right at the moment, that's okay. But at least they're thinking mm -hmm. about it. Right? Yeah. So we can help arm them with coping skills and mood boosters that can help them regulate themselves later on down the road. I thought it was great. She said, you know, help ask your child or you could write it down or do it together what they like to do when they're happy mm -hmm. and that can help a child identify what might boost their mood and i know when we work with students we always try to have them walk away with some little tools like what is at least one little walk tool that you could kind of walk away with that might you might be able to try absolutely so I, I like that and you know last but not least i think as far as helping support our kids in their emotional regulation is this positive reinforcement when they do something well. When they say, I'm mad right now, right? Think, thank you for telling me, right? I, it was wonderful the way that you were able to identify how you were feeling and share it with me because that helps me help you, right? Giving that positive reinforcement when we're seeing the type of emotional awareness and regulation that we're hoping for because we want our kids to have that. The best thing we can do is continue to reinforce that and have regular conversations about emotions when a big emotion isn't present or hasn't just happened. Mm -hmm. Try making the practice of modeling emotions, identifying emotions, coping with big emotions a habit. Because if you have emotional regulation talk that's normal in your family, your kids are gonna be better prepared when a big emotion does come. They're gonna have more familiarity with how to identify it and how to move through it in a way that's healthy, mm -hmm. right? And that feels maybe uncomfortable, but that feels protected in a way. We have resources, we have tools. I know what I'm feeling and I know I'm gonna get through it and be okay. And I think especially like, we don't we want our kids to know we're not always going to be in a good mood like yeah. that's okay we don't always have to be in a good mood and sometimes we you know we're in a crabby mood and that's so that's okay and then you know what things might help us so it's really always circling back to you know what what can you do to help yourself right now absolutely and your toolbox what we call our you know toolbox of coping skills all the tools in there that help us can never be too full Right? We try to make sure that kids have coping skills they can use in different environments. 
Um, and no matter what they have at their disposal. So something to keep in mind, there's never too many tools to have. And I know we've talked a lot about many different tools on different podcasts, and we have coping skills videos posted on community360.me as well. So if you wanna go check those out, your kids can get to know the faces of the 360 counselors, um, go ahead and check it out. We would love to arm your toolbox with more tools. And I just am so grateful this chapter um, was one that I got to do with you today because it's one of my favorites. It's such a great chapter. And I love at the very end um, how emotionally competent kids become adults who expend energy only on the things they can control. Yeah. What do you think about that, Kathleen? We can sometimes spend, an adult can spend so much emotional energy focusing on things that are outside of our control. And of course, with COVID, we've all had this. So this idea of how do we circle back to what is in within our power of control? What are your thoughts about that? I think when we move, when we teach kids that they can move through something hard that they can't change and they can come out the other end of it and still be okay, we can also let them know that no matter what changes come in the process, even if there's an unknown, right, that that might be uncomfortable, but it's going to be okay. And it's really refocusing what we can control is how we respond to things that happen to us in our lives. I might be I just want to say, uh, you know, we this book has been so helpful and it's free to you. So if you, we of course can't give you all the information in the chapter, but we try to pull out those points that really stick out to us. Next week, we'll be talking about um, they don't prevent their child from making mistakes. So tune in to us next time. This next week is spring break, so we won't be doing a podcast next week, but um, the week after that. Um, anyway, look forward to uh, talking more about this book. Take care, everybody. Stay safe. Stay well. And.